Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week's show is about the Trevor Project and suicide prevention. Fellow gaggers, Sean Stefanik and Shep Wannan, will discuss the Trevor Project's report on the effects of gun violence in the LGBTQ community and how vulnerable its youth is to gun violence and suicide. I will also cover an ABC article about last week's gun violence in this country. It's called One Nation Under Fire, a week's glance at gun violence ripping across America. ABC News tracked more than 900 shooting incidents between Saturday, July 17th and Friday, July 23rd. But first, the In Memoriam. In Memoriam, Taya Ashton, 20 years old, July 17th, 2021, Suitland, Maryland. Taya Ashton, a black transgender woman, was shot and killed in her apartment, making her at least the 31st victim of fatal anti-trans violence this year in the United States. The latest death further moves 2021 closer to outpacing 2020's record level of anti-trans violence. Ashton was found killed by gunshot wound in her apartment in Suitland, Maryland. Stuart Anderson, Taya Ashton's grandfather, told the Washington Blade that her parents and extended family members accepted Ashton's status as a transgender woman and are devastated over the taking of her life by violence. Anderson said he arrived at his grandchild's apartment after being alerted to the shooting by another family member minutes after police arrived. He said he and other family members did not observe any signs of forced entry into the apartment, leading them to believe Taya Ashton may have known the assailant and possibly invited the person to her home. We saw her. It looked like a struggle might have taken place, Anderson said. Police officials reported a suspect has been arrested in Ashton's murder. At a vigil in Ashton's honor, loved ones wanted the service to be about her life, not her death. Many of them described Taya as ambitious, a jokester, and loving to those close to her. She wanted to be an entrepreneur. Ashton's grandfather guided the memorial service and reminisced about how she would push him to go to memorial services for others in the community. Something happened, she would say, Papa. You've got to go over there, Papa, she said. You've got to make sure you've picked me up by four because we've got to be there by five for someone else's vigil. I'm going, I'm thinking she doesn't know anybody there, you know, but she's just got that kind of heart. Taya Ashton, we remember you. And now for the gun violence prevention news. An article from ABC, One Nation Under Fire, a week's glance at gun violence ripping across America. Thousands of fans gathered in Wisconsin to celebrate the Milwaukee Bucks NBA championship, but scenes of celebration soon turned into chaos when gunfire rang out. Two shootings broke out early Wednesday in downtown Milwaukee that wounded three, sent people running for their lives, and left the community shell-shocked. The shootings are only a snapshot of the skyrocketing gun violence that has swept the nation in recent months. Between Saturday, July 17th, and Friday, July 23rd, the Gun Violence Archive tracked at least 1,018 shooting incidents. 
that's a shooting every 10 minutes. That left at least 404 people dead and 928 wounded. In total, more than 1,000 were wounded or killed this week alone. These numbers are not static and are constantly updated as data comes in. Last year marked the deadliest year for shooting-related incidents in the U.S. in at least two decades, according to the Gun Violence Archive data, with more than 43,000 gun deaths. But the data suggests 2021 is on track to surpass those figures, with more than 24,000 gun fatalities reported so far. ABC News partnered with Gun Violence Archive, as well as its own stations and affiliates across the nation, to track the devastation. The findings reveal that gun violence for many Americans isn't far removed from everyday life. Altogether, more than 800 Americans under 18 years old have died from gun violence so far in 2021, with 174 of them under the age of 12. Some of these incidents have been mass shootings defined as involving four or more people who were injured or killed, not including the suspect. So far, there have been 18 mass shootings in 12 cities across the U.S. this week, according to the GBA's data, with 19 dead and 74 wounded. The epidemic of gun violence also includes suicides, which are the cause of about 60% of adult firearm deaths, according to the Department of Justice. In 2019, an average of 66 people each day died by suicide with a gun, according to the Education Fund to Stop Gun Violence. This year alone, there have been more than 13,500 suicides by gun. There are also gun violence incidents that erupt from alleged domestic disputes. ABC News and the GVA's assessment of the past week's gun violence found that in all, at least 2.4 people had been killed and 5.5 people had been wounded every hour. The assessment found that practically every state in the nation had been affected over the last week, with at least one gun-related incident in 47 states and the District of Columbia. Over the last week, the worst day for gun violence was Sunday, July 18th, with nearly one in five incidents occurring that day. The most violent time on any given day was between midnight and 3 a.m., a time period when about 22.6% of all incidents occurred. About 40% of the gun violence occurred in southern states, while one in three events occurred in the Midwest. In New York City, the NYPD told ABC News that the city saw a 73% increase in shootings in May 2021 when compared to the same time last year. ABC News spent time at the Oakland, California headquarters of ShotSpotter, a company that works with law enforcement across the country to record and track gunshots in the area and alert authorities. The ShotSpotter CEO said we published 240,000 gunshot alerts, real, verified, confirmed gunfire alerts in 2020. On a year-to-year -year date basis, 2020 to 2021 is over 20% in gunshot activity, and we haven't even reached the peak part of summer yet. You are listening to Radio Gag on WBAI. We have a special report this week about gun violence in the LGBTQ community from The Trevor Project. For those of you that may not know, here's the backstory on how The Trevor Project actually came to be. In 1994, producers Peggy Reitsky and Randy Stone saw writer-performer Celeste Lacine bring to life Trevor, 
a character they created as part of their award-winning one-man show, Word of Mouth. Convinced Trevor's story would make a wonderful short film, Stone and Reitsky invited Lacine to adapt it into a screenplay. Reitsky directed the movie, and Trevor went on to win many prestigious awards, including the Academy Award for Best Live Action Short Film. The Oscar-winning film eventually launched a national movement. When producer Randy Stone secured an airing on HBO with Ellen DeGeneres hosting, director-producer Peggy Reitsky discovered there was no real place for young people like Trevor to turn when facing challenges similar to his. She quickly recruited mental health experts and figured out how to build the infrastructure necessary for a national 24-hour crisis line, and writer Celeste Lacine secured the funds to start it. On the night their funny and moving coming-of-age story premiered on HBO in 1998, these visionary filmmakers launched the Trevor Lifeline, the first national crisis intervention and suicide prevention lifeline for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth. Since then, hundreds of thousands of young people in crisis have reached out to the Trevor Project's multiple in-person and online life-saving, life-affirming resources. Trevor Lifeline, Trevor Chat, Trevor Space, and Trevor Education Workshops. The Trevor Project is the premier organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ teens and young adults. Good afternoon. With Gays Against Guns, I'm Sean Stefanik. We're talking today about an article presented by The Trevor Project about the effects of guns and gun violence in our community, the LGBTQ community. The article is very efficient in mentioning, above all else, that on a per capita basis, LGBT people are more likely to be targets of hate crime than any other group in America. I'm Chef Wannan. Um Thank you, Sean. And uh, not only are LGBT people more likely to be victims of hate crimes, but young members of our community are also more likely to commit suicide. And since half of all gun deaths in the United States are suicides, it's clear that suicide by gun is a serious problem for our overall LGBT community. That's right. The same culture that fosters a narrative against our community, whether through religious oppression or gun violence, also contributes to the disproportionately high percentage of suicide rates by gun violence. These are the same people in society who would hate us enough to shoot us, who are also that we would also go out and do it ourselves. Yes, Sean, uh, but the proliferation of guns in our country also affects gay people in other ways. Anti-LGBT hate crimes are more likely to be aggravated assaults than hate crimes directed against other communities in our country. Yes, and the article also mentions how, despite all these statistics, these horrifying examples, there is still something we can do. Guns are extremely pervasive in our society. Access is high in many areas and among many marginalized communities. So at the very least, managing to limit access through sensible gun laws, background checks, and red flag laws, it is proven to, redu to uh, reduce the amount of harm gun violence inflicts upon our community. Well, what we can do is something the gay community is good at doing, and that is taking to the streets as a direct action group, which is what Gays Against Guns is all about. This is true. I'm sure you have your own reasons for joining Gays Against Guns. I know one of my reasons personally is you know, and it's what I tell a lot of people too whenever we're out in the streets talking to them, especially other members of our community, is that coming from a targeted 
you know, community, a target of gun violence, how can you not do something about that? You don't just want to stand by. You're not, you're not going to stand by and watch your friend get gunned down. You're not just going to stand by and watch something bad happen to, you know, a fellow member of your community. Something as ugly as this, you want to get out in the streets and you want to do something. And, and that is, you know, part of what... Uh, Direct action can do. We can, we can, we can aim to reach policymakers, and we can start to make changes in the world. Yeah, Sean. Uh, Sean what motivated me was the Pulse massacre, which is what um, what initiated the formation of GAG. And when I went to that Gay Pride march that um, that day in June, a uh, few weeks after the uh, the massacre, I saw this amazing uh, group of people that were dressed as human beings. The t-shirts were fabulous. It was the seriousness of the cause, but it's also the fabulousness of the group that really motivated me that I had to join this group. And it also uh, reminded me of the activism, activism that I had participated in all those years ago with ACT UP and Queer Nation. And I've always felt that I didn't do enough. So for me personally, this is my way of uh, giving back to our community. But Gays Against Guns is not just about protecting the lives of gays. It's the whole country is vulnerable. All of us are vulnerable at any time, no matter what your uh, vulnerable community that you're in, even if you're not. Um, gun massacres occur in malls, churches, synagogues, at uh, country music festivals, elementary schools, high schools, and colleges. So all Americans are vulnerable, and that's what motivates us at GAG. You bring up a very good point about that. And we're not the only ones getting affected by that. I remember after Pulse there was, as you mentioned, the Country Music Festival in Las Vegas in 2017, as well as the Parkland Massacre in on Valentine's Day of 2018. And I remember after both of those two unfortunate events, I too had reached a point when I was very afraid that society was going to become complacent and cavalier about this growing concern. And that was when I, you know, was really desperate and determined to do something about that. And it wasn't long before gag happened upon me. And, you know, very blessed to put on some lipstick before I go out there and yell at people to put those guns away, that's for sure. Right. Those big massacres drew a lot of attention and hopefully support for gun control legislation. But the fact is <clears throat> most Americans die by guns in smaller events, domestic violence in small events, and half by suicide. Uh, but yes, these big events at, um, at malls and schools and houses of worship and country music festivals and all these other things does draw attention, but it actually happens every day all throughout the whole United States. Yeah, you bring up a good point about that too. I do think that, that the media should be paying a little bit more attention to some of the smaller events and really have conversations more about uh, you know, the topics therein about, you know, whether it's like domestic spousal abuse as well as like people with um, backgrounds as domestic abusers and whatnot who end up getting their hands on, on firearms, even, you know, people with, you know, cr with criminal records that get, you know, that get their hands on firearms too. And that's another thing that I know the article also mentions is about how nobody is thinking to pay attention to those details because that those kinds of preventative measures, such as, you know, bans on people with criminal backgrounds, can make a difference. And the article does go on to express that it it can make a very positive influence in reducing the risk against our community and against all communities in general. That's right, Sean. In our mission statement, we talk about how 
how this is a multi-pronged monster, this uh, gun violence in the United States. It's legislators, it's the NRA, it's um, not sufficient mental health for people who are vulnerable and could succumb to committing um, violence themselves and also to the vulnerable communities, people of color, religious minorities, our community, the LGBT community. So it, the, this um, problem has many, many sources and causes, and we, have, we at GAG try to approach all of them. Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, that that also, as a member of the queer community, we do have this against us. And we, what we also have working against us is the exact same thing we had working against us years ago when the AIDS epidemic happened, which was having a government that does not seem to care about our community. Because, And the article itself also goes on to say that despite the great strides that we've made on social settings and social standards, we are not there yet and we are still dealing with a societal culture that is going to go against us for one reason or another because of you know whatever we're still considered different on many levels so when something like massacres happen to us they are still not going to care as much which is why we have to fight even harder and really amplify our voices even more to where they you know someone up there in the higher ups the grand poobahs get it through their thick skulls and into their tiny brains that something needs to be done about pol about policy about you know the accessibility to firearms because this stuff isn't going to solve itself it really does unfortunately by the way that our you know government is constructed it's going to have to come from higher ups and that's one of my favorite uh, sayings that we have at gag is that direct action saves lives and i think we have all seen proof of that in our many years of involvement. Exactly, Sean. Just as pissed off gay people back in the 80s and 90s fought AIDS and changed the whole uh, environment of uh, patient activism, it, as Dr. Fauci recently said upon the death of Larry Kramer, that um, um, medical health care um, has two points, before uh, Larry and after. And Larry Kramer, with ACT UP and other gay people, fought against the, uh, the uh, NIH and the CDC and totally changed the way drugs are um, developed and distributed to people and patient activism. And I remember somebody saying after um, GAG was formed, um, they, someone said, oh, leave it to the gays, they'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it because we're the first direct action gun violence prevention group in the country. So give us a problem, we will handle it in our way our fabulous way, Sean can attest to that. And uh, we did it done, and we do it in a happy way, yeah. a gay way. There is definitely something to be said about, you know, kind of being the, the fabulous, campy, class clowns with the heart of gold kind of an approach to a very serious topic. And I, for one, think that it helps to have a sense of humor on that as well. Absolutely. Well, I was told by my friend Ann Northrup, I think she said it, um, if you're an activist and not having fun, you're doing it wrong. That we those, do it right. Those are words to live by. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing as saying if you're cleaning and you're not breaking a sweat, you're not doing it right. You know. <laughs> the article we've been talking about is Gun Violence and LGBT Health. It is by Sophia Geffen and Elizabeth Kelman and presented by The Trevor Project. And if you want more information about The Trevor Project, you can visit them online at thetrevorproject.org. And if you are or know someone who's a troubled uh, gay or trans teen, you can contact the Trevor Project 24 hours a day, 
They have free and confidential counselors standing by. The number is 1-866-488-7386. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio WBAI. We're here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Go to our website and learn more about our gag mission, events, and fundraising. Also, be sure to check out our Human Beings Facebook page where we honor all lives lost to gun violence. You can come to a meeting. Our New York meetings are every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Our next meeting is Thursday, August 5th, where we will be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. So please join us. Everyone is welcome at any and all gag events, and all are welcome to come to gag meetings. Another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thanks for listening, and we are back next week and every week at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Look for Radio Gag, Gaze Against Guns. Thanks to Sean and Shep for the report from The Trevor Project, and a special hell yeah to Celeste Lacine, who actually told me about Gag several years ago in a master class while I was making a documentary about gun violence. So, hell yeah. I hope all is well with you, and everyone else have a great afternoon, and thank you for listening. We leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet, Sing Out Louise. So pitiful the NRA, a cult of guns and greed, and Congress only blocks the way and watches while we bleed. America, America, 100 die each day. In suicide and homicide, and all we do is pray. So pitiful the KKK, still marching in their sheets, while Michael Brown and Freddie Gray Get murdered in the streets. America, America, you just can't get it right. Why can't we see equality for black and brown and white? So pitiful the time.
Trump, you lie with.